Good morning, class. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit <clears throat> is fed, where my faith grows stronger, where I learn how to be an overcomer. Hallelujah. And the Lord is so faithful to do that for us. Feed us, nourish us up in the words of faith, give us the answers that we need giving us each day our daily bread. Uh, get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come on into the classroom. We've saved you a seat right up here in the front. Uh, you, might, you might say, what, what's the significance of that? We're, we don't want you to have the mentality that we're coming into your room. We want you to come in here. That's a different mentality, <clears throat> different focus. Put everything on hold don't be juggling your devices while you're supposed to be doing this. This is just a few minutes. Give the Lord your full, undivided attention, and oh, it'll pay off for you. He'll talk to you. He'll minister to you. And a lot more is going on than you hearing things and getting information in your mind. This is spiritual, and spiritual input is coming into your spirit and changing you. As we behold, the Bible said, like in a mirror, the glory of God, you're changed into that same image you're beholding from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. So uh, give the Lord this time and you will be glad you did. Father, all of us are agreeing together as touching this, asking you for the anointing and for the utterance, and for the eyes and ears to hear. And we thank you in advance for doing great things in our lives and using us to be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you look please again in Acts, the ninth chapter, Acts chapter 9, continuing our study that we're calling Faith for Healing. We looked at the healing of the lame man in Acts chapter 3. We looked at the healing of Aeneas here in Acts chapter 9. And this other situation with Tabitha, uh, it happened the same area in the same time frame. And we see that one flows into another. And actually this 10th chapter, what we're going to notice here, same time, same area. You have to look at the the scriptures, because sometimes there's a space of time between chapters, but it wasn't written in chapter and verse. This is what men have done for reference sake. So all of this happened, these things, in the same area, same time. Aeneas got raised up. He'd been paralyzed, bedfast for eight years. And then this woman, who's a disciple, look at verse 36 again, uh, at Joppa, which is on the seacoast, um, like we said, some, maybe some 15 miles from where this happened with uh, Aeneas. 
same area. It said a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is by interpretation is called Dorcas. I, I suppose that is the Greek uh, rendering of the name Tabitha. It means gazelle, best I could tell. Said this woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. And we read different translations on yesterday's class about how that this was a, a habitual lifestyle. This is not something she did a few nice things here and there. This was her life, uh, giving of herself and working for others. And this is the key to happiness. It really is. I, I know people think, well, yeah, that's a nice you know, religious thing to say. Yes, amen. But the pull of the flesh is to seek your own happiness. And all you got to do to be self-absorbed and self-focused is just wake up in the morning and start dwelling on how you feel and start thinking about what you want and what you need. And you can live preoccupied with that your whole life. And if you do, even if you're a believer, if you do, you will be dissatisfied and you will be unhappy because it is not what you were made for. It is not your purpose in life. Uh, we are made by God and he has a plan for us. And the scripture said, for his pleasure we are created. And his pleasure is that we would love one another <laughs> and serve and minister to one another. And so we cannot have fulfillment, satisfaction, joy, happiness, peace, unless we're fulfilling the purpose for which we are created. And whether your head knows that or not, your heart knows that. And that's why so many times uh, people have said, well, you know, I reached my goals. I was successful in business. I had money. Or maybe you wanted fame. Or maybe you were an athlete and you wanted to achieve a certain goal. And you can, get, you can think, well, you know, man, when I reach that goal, I'll be happy. Uh, but you won't. <laughs> when you get there, you'll be like, is this all there is? I mean, have I reached the pinnacle, the top? And I thought it would make me happy. I thought it would fulfill me. It never could. You were just thinking wrong. It's all right to have a goal. It's all right to, to reach it and be thankful for it. But you are more than a body and a brain. And life is more, Jesus said, life is more than food. Life is more than clothes. Life is more than these natural things. What? God is life. He's spirit. I'm a spirit. He made me for a reason. And it wasn't just to run around trying to make myself happy. <laughs> Do you believe that, class? I'm telling you, if you believe that and get a hold of that, you will be leagues ahead of most of the planet. Because most of the planet, that's the, their pursuit every day is, um, you know, got to try to find out who I am and what I am and, and, and what makes me happy and, 
you will never be fulfilled like that. Never. It's sad to see people chase it only to be disappointed. But this woman, Tabitha, Dorcas, she had found the secret of happiness. Hallelujah. And it was living to give. Living to fulfill your purpose, which is to please God and help other people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Said out loud, this is why I exist. This is why I'm here. To please my maker and help others. See, that's what pleases him, is you helping others. And it's not this phony, uh, you know, false humility, uh, pseudo-spiritual stuff. No, 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 no. It's genuinely finding your purpose in life. God has graced us, every one of us, with certain graces, certain abilities, certain inclinations, and uh, when you find those, you'll find out when you do it, it helps people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, I've always been able to get up in front of people and speak. That's a grace. That's a, I know some people that say, oh man, I can't, I can't, ooh, it scares me to get in front of people. <laughs> it doesn't scare me. Uh, <laughs> when I was in kindergarten, I got up on stage and performed for the other kids. <laughs> when I was in middle school, we went on a field trip, and part of the guys, we were in the FFA, the Future Farmers of America, was having a thing. And uh, they, uh, uh, their president, the guy that's going to run for president, wasn't able to be there, and they said, what are we going to do? I said, I'll run. <laughs> I got up. I made a speech. They voted me in. <laughs> That's not just something that I could produce. Can you see? God had put something in me that I could uh, believe that I could speak and communicate. Well, I found early on that's part of my grace. Now, I could have used it to run for office. And, but that wasn't my call. Now, there are people who are called to office and serve for him. I could have used it, you know, to just pursue something in business, but that wasn't my call. But what I found out is that I, when I did find uh, the spiritual application and begin to use it, it, it fulfilled me because it helped others. Oh, come on, can you see that? Other people were thinking, yes, that gives me an answer. Praise God, that helps me. Yes, that builds me up. Well, that builds me up. That, that gives me a sense of purpose, of accomplishment, right? That I'm doing something that matters, something that's helping somebody. Well, every one of us, that's the case. You have graces in you. You have gifts and anointings in you. They may be totally undeveloped, <laughs> especially in young people. You know, there hadn't been that much time for them to develop. And even you can be 60 years old, but you've been doing your own thing and hadn't been trying to find out those things. It's not too late. I said, it's not too late. Do you know how much did Jesus accomplish in three and a half years 
of ministry. Man, God can do a lot with even a little bit of time with somebody who's fully committed and consecrated to what, you know, doing it for him. And so uh, say it out loud, Father God, thank you for making me, show me what my graces are, what you can use me to do to please you and help others. I'm willing. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you mean business with that, uh, he'll show you. Things will begin to develop even more. If you found some of it, you'll find even more. If you haven't found any of it, it'll begin to be more obvious to you and apparent to you. But you got to quit this trying to make yourself happy all the time. <laughs> Just seeking your own fulfillment. Uh, you got to quit that. And you got to live to please him. Live, not just for yourself, live to give. Say it out loud, I live to give. And, and you'll find it is the joy of your life. Uh, Tabitha is enjoying helping people and blessing people. She, she does it as a lifestyle, not trying to impress others and, and just be spiritual, you know, in somebody else's eyes. Uh, you only do it for real when you enjoy it. And so um, that's, that's what I believe is happening here. Why she's held up as an example. The Lord wouldn't hold up an example of something phony. Would he? In the scripture. So this was real. She's doing this because this is in her heart. And so uh, she was full of good works and alms deeds which she did. It came to pass in those days that she was sick and died whom when they had washed and laid her in an upper chamber, for as much as Lydia was near to Joppa, the disciples heard Peter was there. They sent two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber, and all the widows stood by him, weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. Perhaps she was a widow herself. Because all these other widow ladies are there singing her praises. And perhaps they did things together. Anyway, um, they were showing these coats and garments that, that Dorcas had made while she was with them. So that lets you know she's no longer with them. <laughs> right? While she was with them reveals her spirit has left her body. And so that's why her body is dead. And we know from other scripture that in those days, before Jesus had raised from the dead, uh, righteous people went to a place called Abraham's bosom. You remember Jesus talked about that the, uh, the beggar that died and the angels carried him. Well, his body was somewhere else, but the angels carried him <laughs> to Abraham's bosom. And so... That's where her spirit was. Peter put them all forth because they're crying and they're sorrowing and they go, oh, we miss her and oh, she was such a help and all this. There's no faith in that. We understand that, that you appreciate that. But now what comes next, crying is not going to help. Hmm? 
sorrowing and talking about how much you miss somebody, that's not going to, if there's something that should happen here with her being raised up, we don't need the crying. So he put them all out. And he had seen Jesus do that very thing, hadn't he? We read about that a few days ago. And so he put them all out. And then he knelt down and prayed. This reveals that this woman was not raised up because Peter had special power as an apostle. Because if he had special power and could have just done this, he would have just done it. But first of all, this goes back to when, uh, you know, the healing of the man, lame man at the gate called Beautiful. When he was raised up, Peter was adamant. He said, why are you looking at us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? And yet that's what many people are saying today. Theologians and what have you are saying, well, Peter, you know, he had special powers as an apostle of the Lamb. Uh, Peter said he didn't. <laughs> huh? Who do we believe? You know, the Holy Spirit through Peter said he didn't. And so he was saying, no, uh-uh. So wh- why is he doing this? Why does he, s- he puts them all out and then he kneels down. This is an indication of humility, isn't it? And reverence. Why is he kneeling down and praying right now? Because he cannot just raise this woman up. Amen. Class, are y'all listening? If somebody tells you that he could, uh, you're ignoring scriptures. You're ignoring the revelation. No, he can't just raise her up. So what's he doing? He's kneeling down in reverence, in humility, acknowledging I can't just do this, reverencing the Lord, saying and praying. What's he praying? What's he saying? (laughs) Huh? What did he say about this? Well, uh, skip down uh, to the 10th chapter, which this, again, this wasn't written in chapter and verse. So uh, what happened is in this same area, there was a certain centurion named Cornelius He had a vision. Uh, But verse 2, the first thing we're told about Cornelius, chapter 10, verse 2, he was a devout man, one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. A special thing is about to happen for Cornelius and his household. Why him? There's a lot of people around. There's a lot of soldiers around. There's a, even a lot of officers around. Why him? Why him? He's a man like Tabitha, likes to give. <laughs> He's a man prays all the time. Come on, can you see this? You begin to see. It's not just why would God pick somebody. It's not just that. It's somebody that God could do this for that would believe him, that would receive it. There's a lot of people, if you'd have sent Peter to their house to preach to them, officers of a Roman, uh, you know, group, they wouldn't have even let him in the house. Right? He's just some preacher. They don't care anything about that. It's not just who's worthy of it. That is a part of it. But it's also who would believe it. 
who would receive it? Same thing with Tabitha. Why her? Why does she get a special exception of raised from the dead and more years of life? Well, her friends, the widows that were with her, all that whole group, they love her. They, they value her. This is something that Peter could use to plead her case. What's he saying when he's kneeling down here praying? What's he saying? It has, it's connected with other scriptures, has to be. Now notice with this, this vision that Cornelius had in verse 3, he saw a vision, an angel of God came into him, and notice what the angel said. Your prayers and your alms, that's the same word used for Tabitha, alms is acts of kindness, helping people in need. Your prayers and your alms are come up for a memorial before God. There's more to giving and acts of kindness and heart and faith than just the natural thing transpiring. The spiritual element of his prayers and his gifts to people in need came up before the throne. God noticed it, <laughs> recognized it. Well, isn't that what was happening with Tabitha too? I mean, yeah, she made clothes. Yeah, she gave people food and clothes and did that kind of thing for people as a lifestyle. But the essence of that spiritually, it, the natural thing blessed the people, but there was something spiritual that remained, that came up before God. We see this in the book of Philippians. In, the, in fact, hold your place and just look over there. Flip to Philippians. And see something that Paul said about people that gave into his life and ministry. He said, uh, chapter 4 and verse uh, 14, he said these people had communicated with him, the saints at Philippi, in his affliction. Here he's calling need and lack affliction. And he said, you Philippians know, verse 15, in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me or shared with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again repeatedly to my necessity. Now look at verse 17. Not that I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. He said, I have all now, since they sent that to him, I bound, I'm full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you. And we're going to find out, it's interesting, later, one of the accounts of healing in the New Testament is Epaphroditus. Hallelujah. And what's he involved in right here? Transporting <laughs> uh, things that meet Paul's needs. In his time of necessity, notice they were sent from you, he said, and they are an odor. We wouldn't say odor. We'd say fragrance of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable and well-pleasing to God. What's he saying? They sent money, things, food, clothes, scripts, scrolls, whatever it was that Paul needed. And here Paul is saying, 
I'm glad that you thought about me and you sent it to me, but not just so I could get the natural gift. He said, I'm glad that this is abounding to your account and the essence of this spiritual, because you're doing it with the right heart and in life from, from, from faith and love, the essence of this fragrance of this offering has come up before God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is to God a sweet-smelling fragrance. On the ground, on the earth, it was stuff, money, offerings, clothes, food, whatever the case was, but it met the need. And to God, it was, I like it. (laughs) It's a sweet smell to God. Don't we see that's exactly in chapter 10? He said, your alms and your prayers have come up before God as a memorial. We know from other scripture, it smelled good to God too. It was like incense. These things are real in the spirit. There's a spiritual part and side to these things. So when uh, this started, not just when Peter got to the room, but when they came and said, you know, uh, Tabitha, man, she is, she's one of us, and she's a dear heart, and man, she got sick, and for some reason she didn't receive her healing, and, and she died. Would you come? Would you come? I don't think Peter would have even come unless there was something came up in his spirit about this, right? You got to remember, every page of this book of Acts is about the Holy Spirit, Right? It's the Holy Spirit this, the Holy Spirit that, the Spirit led, the Spirit said. And so you can be sure that when, when they're telling him, would you please come? And this woman, man, I mean, she, she's the best. We, we want to see if God would do something for her. He's hearing them, but he's checking his heart. And something in him said, go. Hallelujah. So he went. But he's just taking this a step at a time and they show him all of the things that Tabitha did and what a good person she is. And that's all great, but that doesn't mean she's going to get raised from the dead. He said, uh, okay, everybody out. (laughs) Everybody out. And he kneels down and he starts praying and he starts pleading her case. And he said, Lord, you know, these people, they want some more time with Tabitha. And man, she is a light in the community here. And he starts pleading her case, and he starts, uh, I'm sure, praying in tongues as well, praying in the Spirit, and he's reaching out saying, Lord, should something be done here? Should something be changed here? And man, it came up in his spirit. Tell her to get up. Oh, hallelujah. And he did, Peter stood up and did just what he saw Jesus do. He said, Tabitha, girl, get up. Oh, man, her eyes flew open. Glory to God. Her spirit came back into her body and her body was healed. Don't forget that. And she sat up in bed and he reached out and grabbed her hand. She got up and he yelled downstairs, hey. You want to see something? <laughs> Woo! And our time's up for today. Say it out loud. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. Did all this happen by faith and by being led by the Spirit? Yes, it did. And he's still doing these kind of things today. Hallelujah. We're strong in faith. 
giving glory to God. Come back tomorrow. There's more to see here. We need to finish some important parts of this. We'll see you soon, right back here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941 702 7390.